0: Come on if you have a purpose. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus in the summer. Are you guys having a good summer? Everybody doing good? Staying out of trouble? Come on, open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter one, verse three. How many like the book of Ephesians? You're not bored with it yet, are you? I hope that you're still reading it every week. Read the book of Ephesians with your church and watch what God will do in your life. I've got so much to get into. Let's just go right to this awesome passage today. As we do, I want to welcome you to the summer in the metro, okay? So if you get a little bit hotter, sit by these fans, and we'll try to keep you as cool as we can. And I hope to get as dark as some of you Latinos this summer, okay? I'm passing up some of the light-skinned Latinos right now, and I'm so excited, I know some Some of you, I'm already passing you up and I'm excited. But that's just the gringo in me. We love to get dark. I want to go through this introduction before I read the passage, but turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Somebody say, Our inheritance. Thank you. Our inheritance is an important topic that Paul talks about in the New Testament. Jesus talked about it. And so I don't want you to be deceived by lukewarm Christians. Those are half-hearted Christians who believe and tell you that you're only supposed to be a disembodied spirit in heaven one day and to sing songs around the throne of God. I don't want you to think that's all you were meant for. And if you were talk to most Christians, that's what they would tell you you have to look forward to. Now, I know that's an amazing idea, going to heaven and being around God's throne, but that's not what you were made for. Yes, worshiping is important. It's a part of your purpose. But we were not created originally in heaven to be angels. We were created on earth to have dominion and to judge angels. Do you not understand that? You are not called to be Casper the ghost. You are called to be kings and priests unto God, ruling and reigning on this earth. You were not created as a ghost. You were created as a living spirit soul inside a body. And you were meant to take care of the garden, to have dominion over the earth. And when you saw or Adam saw that old serpent, that fallen angel, we were to put him under our feet and to conquer him at that point and have the angels obey us, especially the fallen ones. Are you listening to me? Some of you are deceived into thinking that all you have to look forward to is heaven. I feel sorry for you because heaven is not your home. This is your home. This is your destiny. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The people who just set their mind on dying are of no earthly good. Jesus was the most heavenly-minded person, and he was the most earthly good because he knew that heaven was created to come to earth through human beings. Human beings were created in the image of God to be like God on the earth. Why did the animals fear Adam? Because Adam looked like God. Why was all of the earth to obey Adam? Possibly at this time even the weather, because we know the prophets controlled it at one time. Even the weather being subjected to us, because we had the voice of God. God said in Psalm 115, verse 16, The highest heavens belong to who? Belong to who? To the Lord. But the what? The earth. Somebody say the earth. Tap your feet here like you're on earth today. Come on, but the what? The earth he has given to mankind. He gave mankind the earth. Earth was our gift from our Heavenly Father. Now when we talk about inheritance today, you better open up your ears, open up your heart, and understand that Jesus died on the cross not for you to be a disembodied spirit in heaven. He died on the cross so that the rulership, so that the kingdom might come back through his people and we might rule and reign with Christ with him forever and ever. Somebody say amen. That's the purpose of the Christian faith. The purpose of the Christian faith is not to be an angel with wings around the throne of God. The purpose of the Christian faith is to rule and reign on this earth. You were not given a brain to work for Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and then given a spirit to give to Jesus. You were given a brain to love him with. You were given a body to love him with. That's why the Bible says love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Don't you dare give this world your best and give God only your spirit. Don't you dare give this world all your strength and all your might. Don't you dare sell out for this little couple of shekels, couple little things of achievements you can get. No. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then the Bible says all these other things will be given unto you. Give your greatest mind to the kingdom. Give the greatest talent and strength that you have to the things of God. And, of course, give your spirit and your emotions to Jesus. Are you listening? Ephesians 1, 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Remember that, heavenly realms, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In love he predestined us for adoption uh, to sonship through Jesus Christ. Let me say adoption. Remember that, spiritual realms, adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the he loves in him we have redemption somebody say we have redemption come on through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will somebody say the mystery of his will According to his good pleasure, thank you, which he purposed in Christ. Remember, mystery of his will, heavenly pleasures, or heavenly treasures and pleasures, by the way. Remember that. Remember adoption. And remember the mystery of his will has been revealed to us, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things where? In Where? Come on, help me preach in where? Heaven and on earth under Christ. They're coming together. The heavenly treasures are going to be manifested on this earth. Some of you all think that what the world is doing is pursuing a noble cause because they have money and they have this, my friends, they are fools. And you're going to find out just how foolish they are. And if you are deceived by them, you are a fool's fool. Think about that. It's one thing to be a fool. It's another one to follow a fool. Hello, are you listening? It's one thing to be blind. It's another thing to follow a blind person. Many of you have a blind purpose on your job. You think God gave you your job so that you could make some money to provide for your family and your kids to go to college. You're following a blind fool. You're following the American dream and the world's uh, interpretation of that. Nothing wrong with making money for your family or kids going to college. But that's not the purpose of his will. The only reason why you have a job is for the kingdom. The only reason why you have a brain is for the kingdom. The only reason why you're breathing breath today is for the kingdom. Do not waste the heavenly treasures of God. Do not waste your king's kids' rights as being adopted. And do not not know the mystery of the will of God following the will of man. You better know you're blessed in heavenly places and that heaven wants to come through you. You better know whose you belong to. You are a king's kid, and you better want to do something about it knowing the will of God. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Not Oprah Winfrey's will be done, not Donald Trump's will be done, not Baez's will be done, not this world's will be done, but God's will be done. God, what is your will on my job? God, what is your will in my family? How many children do you want me to have, God? I'm not basing my children upon the condo that I live in. I'm basing the amount of children I have based on your will. The kingdom suffers violence, the Bible say, but the violent take it by force. You are in a battle of kingdoms right now. You better know which kingdom you belong to and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and whoop the devil. Not people, but the world views of people. The way the world, see, the way the world sees the, the purpose that it's here for. You don't see the world the same way. You have a kingdom inheritance and adoption, treasures will of God, and it's coming. Choo-choo, the kingdom is coming. What I am saying is true. Everybody look up at me, please. The kingdom, this last verse, bringing unity to all things, is coming. Every knee will bow. Kingdom rulers will be set up, and your inheritance will be divvied out to you based on what you did upon this earth. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, it's tight, but it's right. Verse 11 Verse 11, come on, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan. Somebody say there's a plan. Amen. There's a plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him, marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now we're on the last verse of this passage. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You have made it down to this last verse, and these lights will come back on, but listen to me. You have made it down to this last verse, and this last verse tells us the comma makes sense now. The Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit is in us, and He is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption. Now, if you remember, I showed you before that there are two redemptions that Paul talks about, not contradictory, but complementary. Somebody say, complementary. Complementary. Here in verse 7, it says, We have redemption. Somebody say, We have redemption. And then, there in verse 14, it says, We are waiting for redemption. What is the redemption that we have right now of our spiritual soul born again? You have been redeemed. You've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. You have the forgiveness of sins. But what is the redemption that you're waiting for? You're waiting for the redemption of your body. And the Holy Spirit now is promising you, as surely as your spiritual soul was saved, is as sure as your body is going to be saved. At the resurrection, how many of you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? How many of you believe right now you're born again filled with God's power? Well, if that's true, you're getting a body to rule and reign with Christ and an inheritance will be divvied out to you. That's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. But you are not supposed to just be so up there right now, heavenly minded, in other words, that you're no earthly good. You're to be so heavenly minded that you want to change earth for good. Do you understand the difference? You are not supposed to just sit here and listen to me talk week after week after week, getting in more information. Just give me more information. No, this is supposed to be revelation that brings transformation, that brings salvation to the nations. It is up to you what kind of an inheritance you want on that day. You can be a janitor in the kingdom if you want to, but I am going to rule and reign with Christ as a king and a priest. The Bible says that these things are true, as true as our salvation is true. There's an inheritance for us. Only one more message left in this passage, God's possession. So come next week and hear the conclusion, then we'll move on to the prayer of Paul. Look at the definitions. The guaranteed deposit is a down payment, an advanced part of purchase, a pledge for more to come. The Holy Spirit is a promise of more to come. Everybody look up at me, please. The day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out. That is not the end. That's the beginning of the end. That's why he says this starts now, the last days. The last days end when the Holy Spirit's done saving people, and then we save folks, rule and reign with Christ in the kingdom. It's been 2,000 years since the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and there is only one reason. Everybody look up at me, please, as the weather's good and you ought to be preaching, because there's only one reason why 2,000 years of human history have passed without Jesus coming back. That's because he wishes none would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants to save the nations. Jesus is not waiting to come back so that you can get your vacation home. Jesus is not waiting to come back so you can get your mess together. Jesus is not waiting to come back so that you can have your American dream. Jesus is waiting to come back so that souls might be saved. You better start caring about God's business so that He can put you first in your business. If you don't put God's business first, He's not going to put you first in your business. Too many Christians are living by the standards of this world. You need to know you have an inheritance. You are a king's kid. The Holy Spirit in you promises you there's more to come. So get working by the strength of God. Work for Jesus. Work while it's day, the Bible says. Redeem the time for the days are evil. The inheritance that the Bible talks about is given by way of a death. Just like in our day, how do you get an inheritance? You get it by death. How do we know that someone died to leave us something in their will? Because we look at the Old Testament prophecies of what the Messiah would have to do to fulfill the law. And when Jesus fulfilled all of those laws, and when he was there on the cross, what did he say as his last breath? It is finished. He died so that we might live. He died so that the will of God might be initiated in our lives. Look at these passages right here. Some of y'all sleeping on this today, but I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Good thing I didn't come here carrying what you had to say or do because I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, You better get yours. Because it's not going to be, I ain't going to be handcuffed to you on judgment day. You and I ain't getting the same thing on judgment day. Listen to me. You ain't going to be able to say, well, I was not the pastor. You're not going to be able to say, well, I didn't go to Bible college. You better understand these scriptures and understand the great reason why Jesus died. A will is given to the people when the beneficiary dies. The inheritance then is given. Jesus died so that we might have the will of God, a great inheritance. It's up to you whether or not you claim those treasures in heaven and manifest them out on this earth. You can act as a bastard child of the devil if you want, getting pimp slapped by him, living in a continual struggle, making life all about your woes and your sorrows, or you can get born again, become a saint of God, know who you belong to, start speaking every one of these promises over your life, and see hell get kicked out with heaven coming through you. It's about time you make a decision to let heaven come through you. Let heaven come through you on your job. Let heaven come through you in your marriage. Let heaven come through you in your community. Heaven has an inheritance to deposit upon this earth, even before the kingdom comes with Jesus' second turning returning. That means there's two blessings, the redemption of the spiritual soul, the redemption of the body. The redemption of the spiritual soul is to be impacting the world until the bodies are redeemed that's why Jesus said don't wait till the kingdom comes to pray for the kingdom to come you start praying now for the kingdom to come all y'all in the good Samaritan parades want me to pray for your toenails your hangnails all the little baby issues you guys have I want to know when was the last time you prayed for the kingdom of God I'm tired of it. Some of you get so self-centered. Yes, it's there for prayer requests. But I want to know, when was the last time you went to that Good Samaritan page and said, I've got a burden for my lost friends. They're going to hell. Pray with me. It's not about you. Get it off of you and see the kingdom of God. I'm so tired of seeing these altars filled with the same people every single week. It is not hard to live for God. You are deceived if you think it's hard to live for God. Listen, my dear suffering, silly saint. Listen to what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You shall take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my load is light, and you shall find rest for your soul. I'm tired of having Christians tell me it's so hard to be a Christian. You don't know hard. Put your hand over the stove and feel a taste of hell. That's hard. Living for Jesus is the greatest blessing and it's the most easiest thing I've ever done. Why? Because I'm going with the river of the powerful Holy Spirit. There's a power on the inside of me. That's why the apostles could sing a song after being whipped and beaten in a jail cell and they could praise God. But you can't praise God unless the air condition works, unless you've got every little desire of your heart, unless it all goes your way because you've made your life an idol. Burn your idol at the throne of God. Decide my life for his glory and life will go well for you. You decide right now my life for his glory. And then everything you go through, you're going to see it for his glory. You'll rejoice in the midst of suffering. I'm not saying I haven't suffered, but it's been easy going through suffering with Jesus. Easy. Easy. I would never, never. Listen, to everybody look up at me. 41-year-old music rock star that we all looked up to when we were doing rock, Lincoln Park, hung himself. What you think it's about, my friend? This is a battle for your soul. The Bible says he came to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't you tell me living for God is hard. It's hard living for the devil. It will cost you your soul. Your little temporary pleasures aren't real pleasures. I used to do drugs. I used to have illicit sex. There is nothing that compares to the presence of God. Those of you who say, why I just like it so much, my friends, you are addicted to sin, and sin is your slave master, and sin ain't as good as my master. My Jesus takes me better than the devil treats you. I'm not here suffering in the sense I may suffer, but I'm not suffering in my mentality. I'm not discouraged the Bible says that we can be encouraged by God in all things. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Don't you let the devil take your praise. Don't you let the world circumstances take your victory. You belong to God. And every time you want to complain about your yoke, your burden, your issues, you go back to the scriptures and say what God said. His yoke is easy. His load is light. And I find rest for my soul. I I dare you to say Psalm 23 and look at yourself in the mirror and say it ain't that bad because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still in quiet waters. He restores my soul. That's the Bible. Amen. Somebody say that's the Bible. Amen. Acts 20 verse 32. Now I commit to God, commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Is there anybody sanctified in here today? Well, then I'm building you up to get you an inheritance. Listen to everybody, look up at me. I can help you do a job interview. I can give you recommendations. I do that all the time. I can tell you about businesses around here. That's great. But you listen to me. The greatest thing I can do for you is help you get an inheritance in the kingdom of God. You will not get an inheritance just because you are a quote-unquote nice person. You will not get an inheritance just because you are a patriot. Patriots will bust the hell wide, bust hell wide open. Church pastors will bust hell wide open. You don't get it from being religious. You don't get it from being a patriot. You don't get it from being a good mom and a good dad. He even said wicked dads know how to take care of their children. This is how you get an inheritance. By grace through the word of God. That's how you get it. Do you want an inheritance in the kingdom to come? Do you want to manifest what you've already been given? Galatians 3.18, for if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. How do we get an inheritance? Through a what? Through a promise, and it comes by grace. God promised you could take over stuff in this world. The Bible says we could win souls and nations. The Bible says we could pray for prosperity, that our businesses be blessed. I'm so sick and tired of the world making money off the music, the world making money off the movies, the world starting companies like Apple and they bust hell wide open and give it to pro-homosexual organizations. I want to see you young people pray the kingdom of God through your business. I want to see another 10 Chick-fil-A's raise up. I want to see another 10 Hobby Lobbies raise up. I want to see another 10 in and out in burgers raise up. Are you listening to me? I was looking at planes the other day because I want to get a private, private uh, p- a pilot's license, and the planes that I was looking at for planes was owned by Christians with a fish at the bottom. Some of you, that offends you because you think you can only be holy and be busted and disgusted. I double-dog dare you to say, Jesus, make me rich so I can be rich in giving. Bless me so I can be a blessing by grace through faith. You've heard Ephesians 1.14, Ephesians 1.18. I pray, come on, this is what Paul prayed, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that you all wake up. Somebody say get woke. I pray you all get woke in order that you may know the hope to what she has called you. There is a hope in Jesus today. There is a hope beyond the scope of what you see in this world. There's a hope beyond the scope of your busted and disgusted life. And for some of you who aren't busted and disgusted, you're doing pretty good right now. There's a hope beyond the scope of mediocrity. There's a hope beyond the scope of being like everybody else. We don't have to get sick like everybody else. We don't have to lose our jobs like everybody else. We don't have to. We can be blessed. The Bible says Joseph was blessed when he worked as a slave. Joseph was blessed when they put him in prison. Joseph was blessed when he went before the Pharaoh. Joseph was blessed in a pit in prison with Potiphar and before Pharaoh. There ain't nothing attached to your blessing except the kingdom of God. Get attached to the kingdom. Yoke yourself up to Jesus and let him bring you through life with his blessings that doesn't mean you won't have problems but every problem you face you have a problem solver just like the old attitude goes it's your attitude that determines your altitude I'm tired of the world teaching us how not to quit on our dreams you know they Oprah Winfrey teaches you not to quit on your dreams and you quit on God's dreams You see all these rappers, they didn't quit on their dreams, now they waste their money. And yet we got people in the church quitting on their dreams. There's an inheritance, there's a blessing, there's a promise. Some of y'all need to read the Bible and highlight it, stick it to your mirror, and say, I believe this is for me in Jesus' name. Ephesians 5.5, this is what you can be sure of. Somebody say, you can be sure of this. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Yeah, this is where it gets real. There ain't nobody that's immoral that gets an inheritance in the kingdom of God. I don't care what they tell you. Do you understand? Immorality is based on on what God says. Anything that's opposite of what God says is immoral. Boyfriend and girlfriend having sex together, they're immoral. I don't care how much they come to church. They have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. You can be sure of that. I don't care how much they say they love each other and their feelings are right. I love the gay community. I love them more than their partners love them. Why? Because love is shown through truth. I'll tell them the truth. If you have a doctor that tells you lies all the time, and even though you got cancer, your doctor keeps telling you you're all right. Is that a good doctor? It's not your friend. This world is telling people with sinful attractions and sinful desires that it's okay. It is not okay. I am begging and pleading with them, and when judgment day comes, there will not be any excuse why they went that direction, not in this city, not at this church, amen, because we want you to have an inheritance. I want RuPaul to have an inheritance. I want Ellen John to have an inheritance. I want Ellen DeGeneres to have an inheritance. Are you listening to me? I want Donald Trump to have an inheritance. I want the members of ISIS to have an inheritance. I want every God-given, breathing person on this earth to have an inheritance. But you can be sure of this, if you are immoral... If you are impure and if you are greedy, you have no inheritance with God. Greed defined by God is not giving to God what belongs to God. Read Malachi chapter 3. This is a sin, and the Bible says you live in your continual sin, and especially in this, listen to me, in this nation where we have forsaken God, we spend more money on pet food than we do helping Gene and Tisa in the foreign mission field. Dear God, what do you think he will say to us on the day we're held accountable for this mess? You will have no inheritance, you greedy person. That's what he's going to say. You and your pet were an idol. Now, can you have your pets? The Bible says tithe, offering, from um, us and my family, it's 10%, 5% an offering. I live off 85%. Then the government takes theirs, so maybe it comes out to be 75 after everything. But listen to me. I can do whatever I want with that money after that as long as I don't sin. The Bible says that you can buy houses and lands. You can do things for entertainment. You can, of course, set up an inheritance for your children. I have no problem with people having pets. But tell me how right now in this world we're spending more on pet food than we're We are on the foreign mission field. Creed. Creed. Every single one of these shows, they always playing for charities. How many of you have seen those shows where they play for charities? Well, I'm playing for Planned Parenthood. I'm play- playing for same-sex, attracted young people organizations so they can come out. I'm playing for this. I just wish they had half a player on there one day that would say, I'm, praying for the- I'm playing for Mozambique African missions. I'm playing for the gospel to be spread. They probably wouldn't even let them on the show, would they? Get offended by their charity. But that's what charities were raised up for. Do you understand that? Ephesians 5.5, 5, you can be sure of that. Colossians 3.24, since you know. Somebody say, I know. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. That's the attitude I want in every single one of you. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. I'm just tired of you trading your inheritance for something less than what God has for you. I'm tired of you not knowing who you are in Christ. If you put up a prayer request, why don't you at least put a scripture on there? Why don't you at least put a scripture on there say, I'm praying for this and I'm standing on this promise because it's my inheritance. It's my inheritance. The same passage in Isaiah 53 where it says he took our sins, it says he also took our sorrows. And it also says he took our sicknesses. I'm standing on every one of them. Get back, devil. Well, what if you die? I'll die like my aunt died of cancer, worshiping Jesus, saying I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed until I close my eyes last time and Jesus looks back at me face to face in heaven and says, yes, you're healed. I will never be disappointed in putting faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews nine fifteen. for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. We are not in the old covenant. Old covenant saints wanted to see this day. They wished they could have the Holy Spirit living on them. They would just have the Holy Spirit come and then leave, come and go. And then they would have to go to the temples, do all of these rites. They wished they could have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. David said, oh, I long to be in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Many of us here have the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit, the deposit guarantee in our inheritance, and we do nothing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is bored and grieved in your life, wondering, what are you doing, wasting your time? He's saying, I'm in you. The promises of the word are here. Let's go and change the world. The apostles saw themselves as little Jesuses. That's why they were called Christian, Christ-like. They saw themselves as his disciples, as his mentor. He was their mentor. as They were their mentees of Jesus, and they wanted to be like him so bad that they begged them. When they would kill them, they would say, kill me like you killed Jesus. And then when they would crucify him, they would say, now we're not worthy to die in such a manner. Peter said, flip me upside down. Ignatius wrote in his letters, he said, oh, that I may die as a martyr as my Lord and Savior did. It's about time we get more excited about living and dying for Jesus than Isis does. They live and die for demons. Demons, are you listening to me? I'm not saying physical warfare. I'm saying, oh, to God, that we had calls to missions again. Oh, to God, that we would believe that we were to change this world again. Oh, to God, that we would volunteer like Moody did as a successful shoe salesman to reach the kids of the inner city again. Oh, to God, that we would care about the kingdom again. Make us rich, Lord, so we can be rich in giving. For this is the mediation of our new covenant, that those who may receive a promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. This is why most of y'all don't get it. Anybody here that don't get what I'm talking about is because you're not set free from sin yet. That's why you want the bobo, because you're not set free from sin. You don't want to hear, let's get up and work. You want to go through training again. You don't want to hear what you're supposed to do. You want to hear what God's going to do for you over and over and over again until it just becomes a song and dance. Listen to me. This band doesn't make the kingdom. Are you listening to me? In the time of Jesus, they sang hymns by themselves in a house. These lights don't make the kingdom. This screen, this technology doesn't make the kingdom. You should be able to have the kingdom anywhere you are without excuse because you're a kingdom carrier. Hebrews eleven eight 8, by faith were called, was called to a place that he later would receive as his inheritance. He obeyed and went. Somebody say, he obeyed and went. You want what Abraham got? Do what Abraham did. All these young people right here, give your life to God and watch what he'll do through you. Watch what he'll do in you and through you. Million-dollar ideas can come in you and through you. Billion-dollar companies. Mothers of Zion can be raised up in here to raise up world changers. That's why right now my children are being homeschooled. You don't have to do what I'm doing, but I got to obey what God told me to do. They're doing two grades a year right now. My eight year old's about ready to be in fourth grade. Are you listening to me? Because we got stuff to do. I ain't got time to mess around with kids and boogies and all of this stuff and wondering if Jane's going to be called Jack the next day. I'm teaching my kids to be world changers. They will graduate Bible college by the time they're 18 in my house. And then I will say to them, now it's your life. You do what you want. Under my house, you got your high school education and you got your B.A. in biblical studies. At this point, you may choose your career path. You may go get your master's. You may go get your PhD. You may go get whatever you want. You may do whatever you want in this world. Hobby Lobby's parents were pastors. And uh, he he kept saying, I'm called to business. And they wanted to be a pastor. And they argued with him until he started the business and started making tithes. Then they said, God bless you, son. Keep going. Keep going, son. Keep going. We love what you're doing now. So I learned from that. I'm not going to argue with them. At 18 years old, my son says, I want to go be in the military. Go, son. I want to go, I want to go uh, start a business. Go start a business. My daughter says, I want to go be a hairstylist. All right, you'll, you'll be the most educated hairstylist in that in that salon. I don't care. But here's my deal. In this house, you're graduating high school around 13, 14 years old, and you're going to Bible college by the time you're that age. Y'all aren't even ready for half this stuff. Y'all aren't even ready. You don't even know how Harvard got started. Some of you, I've told you, but you need to wake up to this reality. This world, world has put a bobo in your mouth and has pacified you. Get up and get busy. Get, in, get an inheritance. I, I want some of you to get the world so jealous of what you have. And I don't just mean you got to have a Rolls Royce. I'm saying I want the world to be so jealous of your family. They fall to their knees and say, dear God, do it in me like you did it in them because my kids are not like them. It's a godly jealousy. I'm not talking about a worldly jealousy. I'm talking about they see something that they want. I hope to God that these young people inspire the other young people that they will literally delete every song off their iPod from these jokers and all these things and start saying, Man, I want to be like you. I don't want to be like the amigos. I don't want to be like all these caliph guys. I want to be like Billy. I want to be like I want to be like Anthony. Come on, somebody. The Bible says there 's an inheritance for us, first Peter one, four into an inheritance that can never spoil, that can never spoil, perish or fade. This is the inheritance kept for you in heaven, and heaven is coming to earth. Some may say, bring it on down, Jesus. Here's what we have now according to the passage you just read. I could show you in a hundred different passages the inheritance that you have now, but I just chose to show you what you have been reading all this time. Right now you are blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Right now you are made holy and blameless in God's sight. Because of Jesus being in him, you are lovingly adopted and brought into sonship. You are freely given the glorious grace of God. You can shout anytime. You are redeemed by Jesus' blood. You are forgiven of all sin. You are lavished with all of God's wisdom and understanding. You should give Einstein a run for his money. You are made to know the mystery of the will of God. There should be no confusion to who you marry, what occupation you do. I want my children by 18 years old to know, thus says the Lord, and give their life to it. Nine, chosen and predestined for God's plan. There's a plan to why you are here, and you're marked and sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You should have the fuego de Dios right now up in you. Amen? And what does the Bible say? Just right there in that passage, two things that you're waiting for. This is it. But it's a big two things. You're waiting for the day of redemption when your body is resurrected as Jesus' body was resurrected. So everything I'm doing right now with the Holy Ghost that's invisible, my, my helper, the one that no one can see is in me, giving me wisdom and ideas, it's about ready to get exposed on Judgment Day who was really my helper. It was God. They said to Daniel, man, he's got the spirit of the gods in him. And he's like, no, Jack, I got the Holy Ghost. But they don't understand, amen? And sometimes they're going to hate us because they can't be us. But listen, they ain't going to stop us, amen? I'll say another one. They can hate the player, but they ain't going to hate the game. You understand? Because we're going to own the properties. We're going to own the businesses. We're going to own what we do here. We're going to take over land, not, not in any middle tent way, but we're going to do it in wisdom. I want to see the next Donald Trump be spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, a Holy Ghost-filled man. Some of y'all don't even haven't met a Christian billionaire. Now, unfortunately, I haven't either. I've met Christian millionaires, but I've heard of a Christian billionaire. You can look it up in Canada. His dad got saved, going by an old storefront church. His dad was a drunkard, gave his heart to God. Then the son got raised up in the church, became a billionaire, a tycoon of business, started schools all over Canada. And here's the here's the prerequisite: we'll take any child that we can into our into our quota. But here's the deal: we want them tongue talking. Spirit filled because we believe in the Pentecostal worldview. I heard that from a non-Pentecostal who lived in Canada when I was in Bible college in my doctoral classes. He was the president of a seminary and he said, I know about you boys. He said, The way I would describe Pentecostals, he says, the other Christians all believe that God's out there somewhere. He said, But Pentecostals believe God's right in here. Everybody else believes God might answer prayer. God might do it, but Pentecostals would depend on God to do it. And then he told me the story of that billion-dollar businessman. I looked him up. You can see him on Wikipedia. We are going to rule and reign with Christ. But how do we do it now? We do it by being servants of this world. We do it by laying down our lives for this world. Look at what Jesus taught us. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theophilus, this is Luke writing, I told you all about Jesus and what he did and taught us. Now look at verse 2. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Now watch this, verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Okay, this is after Jesus raised from the dead. Now look what Luke says he did. He appeared to them for a period of over 40 days and spoke about what? Spoke about heaven. Told them all about six-winged creatures and then the harps they were going to have. Is that what it says? Did he keep taking their prayer requests and say, well, it's just about you. It's just about you. Just keep telling me how you just feel so bad in life. What did he talk to them about for 40 days? What are you talking about every day? That's all Jesus is talking about. That's all he's talking about. Jesus, I want to talk about making money. Is it about my kingdom? No, it's just for my kids. I don't want to talk about it. Jesus, I want to talk about being a patriot. I want to talk about, you know, supporting politics and all this. Is it about my kingdom and God we trust, swearing upon the Bible? No, I just want the American dream. I don't want to talk about it. God, I want you to bless my children. God, I want you to do something great in my daughter's life, my, my son's life. Could th- that mean they can be missionaries for my glory? Is it about my kingdom, my plan for their life that comes above them going to U of I? No, I need them to be doctors and lawyers. Well, I ain't talking about it. You think Jesus cares about anything else other than his kingdom? The only reason why we are still alive right now and not burning in hell is because he cares about his kingdom. He will get people to rule this earth. That's what he created Adam for. And when they threw it away, he could have put them right into hell. But he said, uh-uh, I got a plan. I'm going to turn every evil for good. And I'm going to show that serpent that I am better than him. Not by way of power, but by love. And every time Christians suffer in the name of Jesus, because, oh, yes, we will suffer. But when they burned us alive at the stake, the, the very ones who were martyring us, get Fox's Book of Martyrs and read it. Many of them, while they burned us alive, while they put us into the arenas, they would repent and become Christians like us and die alongside of us, the Roman soldiers. Why? Because they saw us smiling and singing songs to heaven. They would see the joy in our heart. Why? Because we knew there was an inheritance they could not take from us. And we were establishing the kingdom of God, not through military force, not through crusades. We were doing it through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the military of the Holy Spirit versus the devil, not flesh and blood. The moment we took up arms, the Roman Catholic Church did that, we became no better than the jihadists we were fighting. Of course, they started it, but that doesn't make it worse. That doesn't make it better. Just saying, well, you started it. No, no, no. We should have had a better way. Defend ourselves, keep our land, but not go and take over land. We were not here to become imperialists. When Peter pulled out a sword and cut off that man's ear, he said, No, 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 the kingdom's not like this. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. Are you listening to me? He talked about the kingdom for 40 days. Everything is kingdom filtered. Every parable you've ever heard in the Bible is kingdom filtered. Every single thing is kingdom filtered. It's all kingdom filtered. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. That's where it starts, Nick. You want in this thing? Get born again. Why? Because for a will to be enforced, somebody has to die. And then in this kingdom, we got to die to receive it, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus, live the crucified life. We don't get to keep our life if we hold on to it. We get to keep our life if we let go of it. We get to come into the kingdom when we die and get born again, when we die to our old life. Ask yourself, what am I talking about? The next thing that we see is that Jesus promised that the disciples would sit on thrones. Do you even understand this? I have no problem with jihadists believing in paradise. My only thing is theirs is a perverted paradise. So is Hindu's paradise. You just look at the Hindu gods, the Greek gods. It's nothing but one big sex opera, a uh, sex soap opera. It's all it is, is sex and gods and all of this crazy nonsense. Forty virgin and all this. No, no, no. There is a kingdom and there's rulership to come, but it has nothing to do with sex. It has to do with us ruling and reigning as kings and priests. He said to his disciples, he said, "Hey, y'all listen here. You better listen here." When I come back at the renewal of all things, the Son of Man will sit on a glorious throne. Those of you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones. You will drudge the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Everyone has something to look forward to. Every parable Jesus told us was to prepare us for this day. He said, hey, guys, listen, you want to know what it's like? It's like a manager going on a journey, and he gives out three bags of gold. One is a really big bag, one's a medium-sized bag, and one's a small bag. And he says, y'all better get busy with that. I'll be back when you don't expect me. The manager comes back. They don't expect him. The one with the big bag of gold doubled, got another big bag of gold. The one with the medium-sized bag of gold got another bag of gold. The one with the one bag of gold went and hit it under Steve Harvey's talk show and under entertainment and watching sports and hit it under religiosity and hit it under their job and hit it under their family and hit it under this world. And he said, take that bag of gold from that lazy servant, give it to the one that's got the most, and kick him out where there is weeping and suffering. You read that parable and tell me if it don't get you up in the morning. You read that parable, and that that motivates you to do something right for your children. We will do devotions. We will throw this TV in the garbage before we give up devotions. Are you listening to me? We will cancel every karate practice, every ballet practice. We will cancel everything until you memorize John 3.16. There will be a kingdom mindset in our house. David Livingston was bounced on the knee of his dad, Hearing about the stories of Africa and medical missions went and gave his life to Africa. Oh, to God that somebody would say, make me a doctor to go do medical missions again. Oh, to God that someone would be like Nicole's that we're supporting to say, may we go to Africa and serve the people. Do you know that right now we support aviation missionaries who fly planes into the Congo to bring Bibles? Oh, to God there would be more pilots to go. And oh, to God, there would be more people in everyday life here living for Jesus, because there's an inheritance. Somebody say, bring it. Jesus said that we would rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Look at what it says in Revelation here. In the book of Revelation chapter, what is this, chapter 20, it says in verse 4, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. I just want you to understand this. Get this picture in your mind. You die now, you go to heaven. That is temporary. They die now without Christ, they go to hell. That is temporary. But after Jesus comes to earth and we with him, hell gets dumped into the lake of fire. Are you listening? And heaven comes to earth. And I want you to understand this. The Bible gets very graphic on what this looks like, somewhere to the point where you may be intimidated, and that's okay, it's a little scary. We don't put these as pictures on our children's wall. We like Noah and the ark, but, uh, you know, but we don't like showing everybody drowning around them. Hello. Hello, when was the last time you saw a little baby picture of Noah's Ark and everybody beating on the door saying, help us, Noah. Come on. But that's what happened. While eight were being saved, millions were dying. When Jesus comes, there will be a river of blood 144 miles long, as high as a horse's head. Boop, 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 boop. That's how he shows up. And then he steps on king's necks. He steps on every king in the Middle East that has resisted him, every king of Russia, every king of China, every ruler that has gotten against Israel at that time. And he steps on their necks, and he breaks them to pieces in front of everyone. And then he establishes 12 thrones. And the thrones of the disciples go there. Minus Judas, the disciples picked Matthias. I believe Jesus picked Paul. 12 thrones are filled. That is your supreme court for eternity now. Do you understand And the very next thing he does is he puts thrones in every one of these cities. And there's going to be levels of authority. And he's going to say, Juan, throne over Illinois. Anthony, throne over Chicago rule the people. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. They will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Now, this is where you get freaked out, but it's true. Look at what Isaiah 61 says. You know why Jesus had to spend 40 days talking about the kingdom? You know why he had to do that? There was only 300 scriptures in the Old Testament that talked about him coming the first time. There was over 2,000 that talks about him coming the second time. He said, boys, we got a lot of catching up to do. Now that you actually believe me, now that you actually know who I am, because that's what it said he had to do, He had to convince them. Now he says, I need to take you back over every one of these scriptures and explain these to you. Is it any wonder that the next following verses I didn't have time to read, they go, man, when's it going to happen, Jesus? And he says, you don't need to know the day and time. This is all you need to know. Boom, shakalaka power is about ready to get on you, and you guys are going to be my witnesses all over the world. That's what you need to know. They will rebuild the ancient runes. Somebody say kingdom inheritance. We will rebuild the ancient runes. Many of you, everybody look up at me. Many of you have dreams in your heart and you wonder why because you don't think they're going to come true in this world. You know what they are? They're preparing you for the world to come. Some of you are always thinking in your mind, this is what I would do with two million dollars. This is what I would do if I had this. And you may not see it because I've seen people live and die with some of those dreams in their heart. But you know what God's doing? He's preparing you for the world to come. Because when you get resurrected, he's going to go, two million dollars, you're in charge of this project, rebuild the schools. We will not be ruling over, once again, disembodied spirits. A third of the world will be destroyed. The other two-thirds will be left. This is take six billion as an even number. There will be around three billion people left. We're around 2 to 3 billion people left on this planet. We will be ruling and reigning over. Are you listening to me? It says they will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. This is specifically talking about Israel. Israel will make Dubai look like it's a garbage dump when Jesus comes to town. Are you listening to me? He will rebuild all of the glory of Israel, all of the glory of the cities that were supposed to be. They're all divided up among their tribes. These will be the wealthiest provinces in the world. And strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. I will say, thank you very much, Sheik. This oil belongs to me now. Thank you very much, Dubai. This tower belongs to us now. And if anybody thinks to us, we're saying, let's go bomb them. That's not what we're saying. Jesus said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. How many times did he have to tell his disciples that? This will happen when Jesus comes. And now until then, we are sheep unto slaughter. They may take our wealth. Look what happened to the Jews during the time of the Holocaust. They had all this wealth. They took it away. They slaughtered 10 million of them, but the Jews got it right back. One of the most wealthiest people in the world are Jewish people. One of the most smartest people in the world are Jewish people. Are you listening? But you will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and ever lasting joy will be yours. How many want to look forward to that day and get you some right now? Come on, stand up give it up for Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's time. It's time. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. When you suffer with Jesus, it ain't so bad. Why? Because you know there's a purpose in the pain. Band and altar workers, would you come, please? Would you bow your head in an attitude of prayer? Are you talking about the kingdom? Come on, meditate in your heart right now. Am I about the kingdom business or am I just about my business? Is it my family or is it God's family? Is it my money or is it God's money? Is it my body or is it God's body? Is this our church or is this God's church? Come on. Is it your dreams or is it God's dreams? The kingdom is the gear that makes all the wheels go round and round. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, saints, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm praying with you right now. Come on, let's not leave until we pray. Come on, Jesus. We'll start with our governors and leaders. Listen to how a Christian prays. Lord, I pray for my governors, my president, my leaders to be saved, and to be kingdom-minded. I pray for them to rule with justice, compassion, righteousness, and mercy. Protect our soldiers right now. We're getting mounted up over there. One of my good friends, Master Sergeant, is already in Afghanistan. Other ones are going. God, protect our soldiers against the forces of evil who have a different agenda, who believe that they need to kill and force their religion upon the world. Lord we pray that you will be with our soldiers. We pray for our schools and our teachers and our leaders. We pray that they will be kingdom minded. We pray just as one supreme court ruling took prayer out of schools, another supreme court ruling will bring it into schools because there's so many praying. We pray for our young people to stop fighting, to stop being perverse, being corrupt. We pray for the heroes of our young people to be godly again. We pray for families to be strong. Come on, saints. It's not a library. It's a prayer meeting right now. Let's pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, right now we are co-laborers with Christ so that we can share with Christ in his glory. He's decided he wanted to share it. That's why he made Adam and Eve is to have dominion. Come on, let's pray right now for this city. Pray for our police officers. Come on, pray for justice. Pray for our inner cities. Pray for our businesses. Pray for wisdom in our local government. Taxing us more will not increase revenue. You can't take more money from people and expect those same people to make more money for you. Come on. We need to pray for righteousness in our land. We need to pray for our young people to have dreams and visions again. The Bible says they would have dreams and visions. Young men would have visions. You know what a vision is, is to see a purpose for your life. Pray for this city. Pray for what you can do now with these things we're praying for. What can you do? Where can you take up the cause of Christ? Well, I'm called to be a stay-at-home mom. Then raise up sons and daughters of Zion. Raise them up for the glory of God. Shield them from the wickedness of this world. Raise them up to be like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, some of your children go to public school and you're concerned about them. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be in Babylon and God keep them, God can keep your children in public schools. Come on, pray for your children. Those of you here say, well, d- well, Pastor, all I am is a plumber. All I am is a service technician. All I am is a nurse. Come on, ask God to use you being a nurse. Ask God to use you doing those wonderful things for our culture. See it through the kingdom. You were given those talents by God. You were given those abilities by God. few more moments before we go kingdom-minded, kingdom-centered. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, center my life around your cause. Lord, may we be kingdom-minded. And just as another clarification, now say, Lord, make us servants. Because every time the disciples wanted to skip this stage and go directly from Jesus' first coming to his second coming, pools of blood, sending down fire, Jesus would always rebuke them and say, no, the greatest among us are children. The first shall be last, the last shall be first, and the greatest, the most mighty among you will be servants of all. Come on, ask the Lord to make you a servant. That doesn't mean you are a pushover. It just means whatever position you're in, you're a servant leader. You're going to lead with integrity, with compassion, wanting the best for the people around you. Come on, some of you, God's going to call to do great things. Others, it may not seem significant to the world, but God will still reward you. Both of us have to understand to be faithful. The Bible literally says that some of our good works are done in secret. Nobody's going to know. Others of you may start the next hospital, Pentecostal Hospital. We got enough Lutheran hospitals. Come on, let's get a Pentecostal Hospital. Here we go. Somebody, God, put that on your heart. Maybe you will do that. Amen? A few more moments. We're praying for his kingdom to come. Come on, pray for his kingdom to come. So I, dare, I dare some of you say, Lord, bless me that I can be a blessing. Lord, I pray to inherit fields, houses, land, promotions. The Bible says Abraham was rich. David was rich. Solomon was rich. So many of the Bible men were rich so that they could be a blessing. Not all. I'm not saying you're not a Christian if you're not rich. I'm just saying, is there some of you here that have a bigger dream than, than the average income? Come on, we need some movers and shakers. We need some job creators here. I want the next Hobby Lobby to come from this church. I want the next, the, the next fast food restaurant, Chick-fil-A. I want the next uh, technology company, the next app to be developed here. In the name of Jesus, dream big with the Lord. Lord, we ask you now to use us as we go. We heard a strong word today. You put a burning in my heart but may we now live it in grace. May we now live it in love and compassion and know who we are and that we don't battle flesh and blood. We battle those principalities in high places, those angels that are jealous of our authority because you gave the earth to us, not to them. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. Give it up for Jesus, kingdom folk. Come on, slap your neighbor high five and say go with the kingdom. God bless you. We love you. If you need prayer, come on up for anything. We love you. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for coming.